Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Art of Noticing. I'm your host, best-selling author Johnny B. Truen, and I'm here to help you give the muse the finger and make life your muse instead. In each 10-minute episode, I'll tell you how I spun something mundane into inspiration and show you how to do the same. If you've ever wondered how to write better, how to be creative, how to get more ideas, you're in the right place. Let's start noticing. So we all know those neighborhoods where everybody takes their kids at Halloween to do the trick-or-treating. And it may be because they live in neighborhoods where trick-or-treating doesn't really happen a lot. Um, I've ended up in many of these neighborhoods for some reason. The main place that I grew up in Ohio had uh, two and a half acres, I believe. And so nobody was trick-or-treating out that way. Uh, My wife also lived on a lot of acreage. And um, then when we moved to Austin, the first place I lived looked like a neighborhood and the houses were close together. But for some reason, just nobody trick-or-treated there. I guess it's because the roads are kind of windy and there weren't sidewalks or, or, or at least the appearance of sidewalks because there's actually no sidewalks where I live now. But we have these big, broad streets and it looks more neighborhoody, nice straight roads, most places, most broad, wide lawns, that sort of thing. And the other place wasn't like that. And so when you live in one of those neighborhoods and you have young kids, then typically what you do, I'll just let you know if you don't have young kids or haven't had them in the past is typically if you don't want to just not do Halloween, which is also an option, then you throw them in the car and you go to that neighborhood. And that's what we did uh, in the past is we, we would load up our kids and we would go to, usually it was a friend's neighborhood in Ohio and we kind of did, they would have food out and it was a whole thing. But now I'm in a position where we are that neighborhood. When I moved to this neighborhood, it was, I knew what I was getting into because we had visited it the previous Halloween because we heard, hey, this area is where all the trick-or-treaters go. And we didn't, again, we were in that kind of windy, like less big front yard sort of neighborhood and we didn't have it. So I said, okay. And so we went and it was like, it was like Mardi Gras. It was, it was shoulder to shoulder. It was kind of claustrophobic and I didn't know the streets. And so being there in the dark, I really didn't know the streets and I'd never been there before. And I was like worried I was going to lose my children. It was something like that. It was where, and there were cars that would, you know, need to leave. And it was like crowd, like we needed crowd control barriers where they, they just kind of move forward and people would kind of very slowly move out of the way. And it's nuts. So that's what I moved into expecting. And we got a whole bunch of candy the next year, like these giant bags and, I, I think we did one or two years like that where we were just kind of um, we were able to stay up and like you could just give each kid one piece of candy because otherwise you were going to run out like it was it was nuts. Then COVID hit and COVID was a big deal, obviously, and it meant that Halloween, I mean, COVID really kind of entered my life around March. I know that it hit other places at different times. But we started really paying attention to it here around March of 2020. And obviously Halloween's in October, end of October. So we had a decent amount of time for people to kind of get used to it. And it was still very much in effect, but trick-or-treating is an outdoor activity. And so we knew we could, as long as we kept our distance. And so we, you know, we tried to have fun with it. There were people who put like giant shoots coming down from upstairs windows and people would like put their bag under the tube. And we had something like that where we could deliver or, you know, people would throw candies and the kids had these long sticks. It was like they were going fishing with nets instead of reaching out their hands. And so people gamely trotted on with Halloween and it was fine. 
and it was kind of a fun first year. And then in 2021, it was maybe a little bit better. And in 2022, it seemed like we were getting back up to steam, but still not there. And so I noticed last year in 2023 that we finally started to get some of the old spirit back. Now it's still not Mardi Gras level. And maybe that's because there were a bunch of people that kind of knocked out and didn't come back. You know, it was like, it was at a pivotal year from them for them. And then they, they outgrew it in the meantime. And maybe the new people weren't in the habit because, you know, the previous years had been slow. It, it, it doesn't really matter why, but the point is that I did notice this time that it was starting to tick back up. And that was the simple noticing. But the more I thought about it, I thought, okay, well, what does this say about resilience, almost defiance of a community? Because rituals are things in which we, and hence our characters, can and do and should take some sort of, some of our comfort, some of our, uh, what makes us a community, what makes us have shared, shared traditions between people are some of the things that bond communities together as well. And so having that element of, it was, it, it's very important to people. It's not like a, by the way thing. It's not like, well, you just don't get your candy. Well, yeah, you don't get your candy, but you also miss this big thing that maybe you could do if you just made a few adjustments. So people were particularly defiant and willing to like find ways that they could still do Halloween. And to me, that spoke of like, especially in a crisis time, like the pandemic, we really especially needed those things that we were told then we couldn't have. So already we wanted to do them. Um, you know, kids and the people who like Halloween wanted to do it. Uh, and we were told we couldn't, and that would have been really comforting to do it, which is why I think that this dynamic is so interesting. Like psychologically, what does it say about a person and their internal state and a community? So those traditions are, the fact that it's coming back is like almost like a, a, a celebration of, of new life. I mean, that's overstating it a little bit, but the loss of something and its return I mean, this was Halloween, but it could be anything. It could be like a really sacred thing. It could be like a religious ritual or something that maybe people couldn't do and now they can again. And so what does that say? What is that dynamic? You know, what can you play with there in terms of traditions, what they mean to people, what they're willing to go through for them, what it means to the people in them, what it means if people can't participate in them. If there are ritualistic things within a society or a culture that can't be done for a certain reason, it's going to it's going to impact them and it's going to impact the family at like a deep core level. Like if you were a Christian, you couldn't be baptized. I mean, I'm just making that up because you could do it after or before, but like if it were that sort of thing that were interrupted for whatever reason, like water becomes toxic in your universe or something, uh, then that would be a big deal. If, if you like believed that you needed to be baptized to like get into heaven or whatever. So, what is that dynamic? But what are the community dynamics? How do people rally behind, like, how can we get Halloween back? Halloween's just the example. How can we get this thing back? What are the themes of belonging and identity and societal change and hardiness? What what if, what if you had a, a large ritual of some sort that was very important to a community and there were ways that were found to adapt it. It leads to innovation and creativity. There are lots of things you can explore in terms of uh, polarization. So Halloween wasn't very hot button here. Maybe it was hot button other places, but obviously COVID was was politicized and hot button. So I could see debates and fights coming out of this. Again, that didn't happen for us, but it could. And it 
it did happen during COVID. If things were interrupted and and in certain societies, there's kind of a different balance of liberty versus oppression. Whereas people were seeing, you know, suppression or moderation as oppression in certain communities, whereas other people found that to be wise. And so in, I mean, I live in Texas and Texas is all about its freedom and maybe to the point of absurdity sometimes, but Texans are determined that they're going to be free and they don't care and they don't want anybody telling them what to do. I mean, as a whole, I'm generalizing, but that's the point because when I was in Canada during COVID, coming back to Texas was culture shock after COVID. This is like 2022. Canada was still very stringent. I came back to Texas, I actually think it was 2021. And Texas, after I came back from Canada, where I was wearing masks all the time and having to be super careful, I came back to Texas. And the very next day, my wife and I went on this wine tour on a bus full of people and kind of didn't think anything of it. And I'm still alive. Um, I mean, we took our precautions, we had vaccines, but those things are all in play too. What is it that people value? What is it that things will... I love it when people fight, like give people something to fight about. And this sort of ritual, which is going to matter some to some people, and it's going to matter less to other people, gives them a reason to fight. But also, obviously, I mean, ending on a a better note, a reason to come together. What are the things that bond communities? Real rich, rich, fertile ground there. All right, that's it for today. If you'd like more, be sure to visit johnnybtruant.com slash subscribe and sign up so you don't miss anything. Now, subscribing is free, but for just a few bucks a month and the good karma that comes from supporting the arts, you'll also get all the member stuff, bonus episodes and articles, behind-the-scenes peaks, and the weekly One Drink Book Club where my creative friends and I talk shop over Friday cocktails. If membership isn't for you, please show your support by sharing, reviewing, all that good stuff. It really does make a difference. Thanks for listening and stay curious.